0: Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at PatSarahsa Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. welcome back to the in our podcast and our series on healers for the month of June 2023 this is our final interview and it's going to be a great one I am so excited to share with you today this message and know that there will be a mission in it I am certain that many of you will be able to experience a new angle on the concept of healing after my conversation with the enchanted reading specialists Chris Rangel and Stacey Bame. Chris and Stacy discovered their combined synergy in 2016 and have been using their gifts to help empower self-discovery ever since. As soul coaches, they use intuitive Reiki for transformative self-healing. In this episode, we discuss Chris and Stacy's journey into becoming intuitive Reiki healers, our experiences together through my own healing journey, and... They provide insight for listeners into some specifics about Reiki healing and what a person can expect with soul coaching. Friends, I am so excited to share their story with you and even more excited to share with you a special offer. For listeners of the In Awe podcast, you can receive a $15 discount for a one-hour virtual reading with this code, IN-Awe. It will be linked in the show notes. I hope that you will take advantage of that. For now, please enjoy my conversation as I share with you Chris and Stacy's Enchanted Reading Specialist in Awe of Healing story. Welcome to the In Awe podcast, two of my very favorite people on the entire planet, Chris Rangel and Stacey Bame. I am so happy to have you again on the show. Welcome, ladies. Aw, thank you. We're happy to be here. Thank you. We are happy to be here. So we have had um, the experience of having you on the show before, and listeners love that episode. I got such wonderful feedback about that and the topics we covered. And it's such a joy to know that on our journeys, we can grow. And so part of having you on the June series of 2023 on in awe of healers is because the two of you have kind of grown into this wonderful journey together that has led you to a new space since my audience heard from you last. And we're going to dive into all of that. But before we do, I want to make sure that listeners get an opportunity to hear from both of you, just a little bit of your background, maybe some professional background, and then we're going to jump into your connection and how you started your business together. Um, So if we could start with Chris, share with us a little bit about who you are and what you've been up to in this beautiful world.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm Chris Wrangle. I am part of the. I'm one of the enchanted reading specialists, and my professional background is in education. I came up through the ranks. I started in kindergarten, you know, went all the way through school, became a reading specialist, and then into the educational consultant world, where I met this beautiful human being that created such synergy between the two of us, and we both had healing journeys that we have taken ourselves and um, became really great friends and started sharing some of our journeys. We discovered that we both have these amazing intuitive gifts and empaths and as empaths have dealt with our own kinds of perceived trauma and have worked hard to heal ourselves. And we want to share the love and help people transform their lives so that they are on a
2: consciousness journey as well. Well said, Chris. I don't know what to add to that. I can give a little bit of my background. Um, Stacy Baim, I too professionally in education, um, started as a teacher, mostly middle school, became a reading specialist, uh, work as a consultant as well, which is where Chris and I met, And then we did start our business together, uh, doing readings and channeling uh, spirits that I crossed over uh, to help people heal from the loss of loved ones. We also would help people on their journey um, life path with uh, talking with their spirit guides and and such to help guide them with questions and things that they may have had in regard to career choices and, and love interests and things like that. But we are now also uh, Reiki Masters. And so we have branched into the healing energy of Reiki as well. And we have started now what we call soul coaching. And I know we'll get into that a little bit more as the talk continues. So there's a teaser. I love teasers.
0: Oh, I am so thrilled to have both of you on the show again. And as you were sharing about yourselves, I was remembering I have a terrible memory. I don't know what that is all about, but I was remembering the last time I had you on the show, uh, I don't I have to look back on when exactly it was, but it was the very first time that you two had ever read for me and it was actually like a an on the spot kind of unplanned thing and I feel like it w- might have been just before the podcast episode or maybe right after. And so it was my first experience having that you you know, just the benefit and the joy of your beautiful gift. And I don't have a problem sharing with listeners that it was actually pretty transformative for me because you had been able to connect with somebody who remains very important in my life. Um, and at the time you thought it was my brother and then it turns out it wasn't. And it was just kind of like this stunning moment for me that you know if i had questions which i didn't i was i wasn't questioning you ladies but if i had they were pretty soundly put to bed <laughs> that very day and so i would say it was shortly after that i started having some more regular readings with you and um that was really powerful for me and uh, i just wanted the listeners to hear this because chris and stacy and i were connected professionally years and years ago. I think we shared that on the first episode. Um, Chris and I first got connected and then two of you did. I got to connect with Stacy and it's just been such a joy, but it was funny because after uh, that podcast episode, I had been traveling and you did a reading for me. And I know that you remember this. You had told me some things that I wasn't expecting to hear. And in fact, it fits so perfectly well with this episode because you shared with me through spirit guides that I wasn't listening to, um, (laughs) that I needed to heal here I thought you were going to make connections with all these lovely people in my life who have passed. And I was trying to fortify myself and think I'm going to, you know, connect. And and here it turns out it was just one person that really needed to tell me that Sarah, you're fooling yourself. And I specifically remember you ladies telling me that, you know, I needed to hear that I needed to heal and that I can say all I want to people, you know, I can say in my books and in my podcasts and in my speaking, but I wasn't really living it. And that's, you know, it's hard. It's, it was a hard pill to swallow, but I think it's such a perfect encapsulation of exactly what we're talking about, where you say that you, you lead people to self-healing and I had to take the reins. I had to choose to ignore what you were telling me <laughs> or <laughs> choose to stop ignoring that. And in the end, the funny part was I love it because at the time uh, you two were not into Reiki, uh, but I had been seated on airplane of all things. It was a full flight next to a person. And you might not believe this. I don't actually talk to people on airplanes, uh, mostly because I travel by myself. And so it's more self-preserving than anything, but I got into this lovely conversation with a woman who eventually shared with me that she was a Reiki master. And eventually we ended up exchanging a little energy and she started to help heal me. And I was from that moment, uh, knew that there was so much more in my life and and in the healing journey that I needed to engage in. So, um, I just wanted to share with you that story and listeners to hear that too, because I know everybody believes that I don't believe in coincidences and I do believe that things are done for us. And if we're willing to open ourselves up you know, it's that journey is challenging, but it's so well worth it. So can I ask you ladies a question then from the time on the podcast and that you started with your readings, uh, where did you, and why did you move into learning and um, building your intuitive Reiki
2: skills? Well, first I would like to commend you on um, not just walking away from those that tough pill to swallow (laughs) Um, that you came back uh, because it, it can be a, a tough pill to swallow. Chris and I try to be very gentle, um, but we're honest um, and we are in this to heal people and to help. Um, and so, you know, we are going to try to, we do have to dole out some, <laughs> some hard truths sometimes. You
0: do um, it very lovingly though. I need the listeners to hear that and for, to remind you that you do it in a very loving way.
2: Yes, thank you for that. But it it really is, you know, we help guide that. Um, and we can maybe see things that are needed and can help with that guidance. But it really is up to, you know, the person and, you know, to take that uh, pill, <laughs> and to do the work. Um, and that is something that, you know, you are to be commended for as well. So. Um, all right, so I said that, do you want to talk about the Reiki, Chris? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, that's a perfect lead into that, right? Because we are on our own self-healing journeys because he healers have to heal themselves to become healers, right? That's just the that's just the way that it works. So I was on a pathway. I had come from some pretty severe trauma, which we talked about in the last podcast. Um, and I was on a healing journey, both in you know the physical world and the metaphysical world. And um, had attended a couple of Reiki sessions for myself, had that done on myself, and then just got a message that you need to become a Reiki master. This is the next step for you. So um, I, I started the ball rolling and, you know, intuitively, I think Stace and I were doing a lot of this work already, but this just took it up to a whole new level. Like all of a sudden, um, when we were doing readings, we got more and more people who had similar stories to our own of our own healing journeys, and they were just beginning the journey um, when we started down this pathway. And it seems like our gifts are co blending now, <laughs> because as we went through the attunements, we just kept getting closer and closer to spirit. And and really, what it is is becoming more conscious and living consciously. And that's really what you were talking about when you're talking about the pill to swallow, it's that conscious, you know, we can run away from our perceived traumas that we have, because we all have them, um, whether it's this lifetime or another lifetime, and or we can choose to deal with them, shine a light on them and heal them. And yeah, we try, like Stacey said, and you said too, we be gentle, we try to be gentle, and take it in layers, because you can't go straight for the most traumatic event in your life, you have to, you have to baby step your way into this work because it's a lot.
2: Just to share kind of a, a fun story with both of our attunements, Chris and I were attuned by different people. And then I actually had Chris do my final attunement and, you know, we've always enjoyed working together and we've connected and we feel like we are you know connected our spirits were connected for many years prior and we are soul sisters but chris was given a guide um that she uses for healing um and it was a a snake um the kindalini snake and she hates snakes right she is she's terrified of snakes so to to be given that as her gift was she was not thrilled about that and then during my Second attunement, I had Moses come forward with his staff and and share a message with me that left me just a little bit confused. But you know, it sat with me for a while. And then during my final attunement, he handed me the staff and told me that I was ready. At that moment, Chris's snake wrapped itself around my staff, and the two of us were like, "Oh my gosh, if this is not more." confirmation that we are meant to work together. If you can picture, you know, the stake around the staff, um, as that healing symbol, that medical symbol of healing, neither one of us saw that coming, <laughs> even though uh, the staff had been represented for me and she with the snake, but, um, until they combined, we both had been kind of in the dark. So that's been pretty powerful for us to look back on and thought that'd be fun to share.
0: That is very cool. And we just, okay, first of all, we've just been blasting the audience with all sorts of terminology that they just may have no idea. Um, And even still, I, I'm learning. So I wanted to step back for just a moment and say, one is that I had you on the podcast in December of 2020. (laughs) So listeners, you should check that out. It's episode 103. We will link it in the show notes, but I, I laugh because it feels like just yesterday. It feels like two weeks ago, right? Like this, how could that have been two and a half years ago? I don't understand this, but it was. And so that's been quite a little journey uh, that you two have been on and that you've, you've grown through. And so hearing, you know, I, I had heard of Reiki, um, but I'm sure like most of my listeners, they just really, many probably don't have any idea really what it is. So if we could tease apart just a little bit, you talked about attunement. Um, can you share just a little bit of, about what that is? And um, I'm sure it was like a process you had to go to in order to become a healer, but what does that mean, attunement?
1: So when you decide that you are ready to um, become Reiki master, Reiki certified, there's three different levels that you go through and Reiki is all about energy work. So we're working with the chakras inside of, you know, the the chakra energy work that's inside of your bodies. As we go through our own attunements, Reiki one is more about like the self healing. Um, So you do a lot of work inwardly. And there's a lot of energy work that you have to do to clear chakras. And when the master that you're working with um, thinks that you're ready, um, you have a conversation and you can go through that attunement. And once you get your attunement, then you're Reiki one certified. I don't want to compare it completely to like Kung Fu or those kinds of pathways, but it is kind of like that because you study under a master it, you you really just work on yourself in that first one. Um, the second one, you can start to do some distance healing and start to work on others. And you're working under a master this whole time and practicing. And then when you're ready, when your master thinks you're ready, when you've done the work, you get attuned. And it's it's a a process that only a master Reiki teacher can go through. And a lot of people stop at one or two. They don't go all the way to three. To get your third attunement you have to that's the teaching part of it and that was just natural for stacy and i because we were teachers in our you know day jobs or whatever you want to call it so as educators we we saw the need for this and you go through your third attunement and then you are a master and you can teach it to others what i loved about this when i was learning about it is that in um you know civilizations that don't exist anymore. Like there was a civilized civilization right after Atlantis where they were teaching kids Reiki One at a kindergarten level or at a preschool level. And I thought, wow, is that ever needed in our schools right now? If I could just respond to that quickly first. Thank you for
0: guiding us through that process. First of all, I do want to say too, even just taking this out of like the spiritual healing realm, I think about the fact that We cannot love others until we love ourselves and we cannot lead others until we lead ourselves. And so when you were talking about the fact that we cannot heal others until we are healed, um, I don't want to mess that or miss that part because I think it is so important here. Um, And also I think that, and I know this because we've had these conversations um, that you're never like fully there. Um, You know, we live in this (laughs) patterned, world where things come at us and as you said we're it's really about raising your consciousness uh, raising your level of aware living while you're healing through all the things so neither one of you are claiming that you are um perfect in anyone like you haven't met the the zen state <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> and so i just wanted to make sure to hit on that and then when you talked about how kids needing you know going back to like ancient times. And I know that you've learned and you've studied a ton is this idea, you know, it's not that far off from the mindfulness practices that we want our students to be doing. Um, and I keep picking up on the fact that you're talking about perceived traumas. So talking about the fact that here in our schools, we're trying to work on mindfulness, but really, and so we talk about that being brain-based, but it's also very
2: spiritual based. Absolutely. A lot. I mean, a lot of what we do um, is working with different traumas that people come to us with. Um, Not all Reiki masters will work on that. Um, People kind of specialize and there are Reiki masters who will work more on physical attributes, you know, um, and not that we won't work on, you know, if someone's knee hurts or pick up on, you know, physical or medical issues that people are having, but the people who are drawn to our work and, and what we've ended up specializing in i guess um, are those perceived traumas that that people have dealt with in their life um, and when they haven't faced it um, and dealt with it it has led to patterns that typically come out in, in a negative way somehow in their life and that they're not happy with how they're manifesting and they want they're like they want to change their life somehow and it's by being able to see and tracing that back to where those traumas were and helping them heal that, um, that they find relief from that um, and, and facing what those traumas are. So the the mindfulness and teaching that to our children so much younger prevents those, um, what we say, living in the shadows. Um, it, you know, for listeners, if you've heard people talk about shadow work, um, it's something that gets thrown around a lot. And I've had people be very, Weary of it um, and thinking that it's something, you know, shadow work is like evil or something like that. And simply it's just meaning that you've pushed something into the shadows, into a dark space where you don't have to deal with it, right? Like you're subconscious and everybody has things, you know, if they call them skeletons in their closets or whatever it is, um, that's the shadow work. So bringing that out and looking at it and saying, okay, this happened to me, And this is how it impacted my life, my choices moving forward, how I responded to events in my life or people or or the way people would respond to me. Um, And then how that kind of kept being amplified throughout my life um, can all be traced back sometimes, oftentimes to just a, a singular event or, you know, a few events that were replicated over time that just were buried And as Chris said, um, it's perceived trauma. It's not always, you know, a big thing like a car crash or something, you know, or um, physical abuse or anything like that, that people would very much say was trauma. Uh, But a perceived trauma can also be just the way someone talked to you and you took it one way and someone else, maybe it would not have been a perceived trauma, but the way that you know, I maybe took it versus how Chris would have taken it impacted my choices in the future. And so I just wanted to clarify what the shadow work was. And that is nothing to be fearful of, but the, what we mean when we talk about that. I just wanted to
1: add too that when when Stacy says that those perceived traumas get pushed down into the shadows, but they actually get pushed down into your body. And there is a scientific connection to all of this. Um, and if, it, you know, the body keeps the score, uh, there's a lot of people who've written books about that. Um, the more that you don't deal with this kind of energy, your body will start to get sick. And when our body is not at ease, it becomes disease, right? So as we start to, Stacey and I both have had like several autoimmune kinds of things in, in our bodies throughout our lives. And the more that we start to heal, the more some of those symptomatic things start to go away that show up in our bodies as well. Ah,
0: oh, that's so good. Just that tie through of healing is not, you know, it's just it's not spiritual but it absolutely does have a physical connection, a physiological connection. And, I, and thanks for the the clarity with the shadow work, you know, because I know that Uh, Many of my listeners will absolutely appreciate exactly what we're talking about. And I, you know, weaving it in with the science and the spirituality and the history, I think it's really crucial to remember that I think we have a lot of our own perceptions on words with connotations (laughs) that make us fearful of things that we're not certain about or, um, comfortable with or understand. Right. And so, you know, just even talking about the shadow work is funny because when I wrote lead with faith, I'm talking about to me that I called it the pit, you know, it's, and I didn't even know, um, that I was referencing the shadows that I had been living living in. And so here I am, we've kind of laughed about this too, because listeners know, I mean, I left a principal job based on what I always say is a spiritual calling and absolutely was, but it was a spiritual guide, you know, so I'm kind of adjusting, the wording as I truly realize that if we're raising our conscious awareness and we're willing to listen, anybody can. Um, And, and it, and also to say that I do that very imperfectly. (laughs) So um, just like anything else, it's one of those things that you have to lean into.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network, better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: I wanted to continue on with the healing um, part because you talked about Uh, you know, that once within your own experiences, you've been working on this healing work and then the symptoms of your physical ailments have maybe receded or, um, and I, and Stacy, you mentioned that there are some Reiki healers that do look to heal physically, but my journey with you all, I don't have a problem sharing. And I think it might be interesting to my listeners is to share just a little bit about mine being, um, you know, very complex. And I guess what I wanted to be able listeners to hear is that, um, much like a therapist, this can't be a one and done scenario. And I think I've known people who have gone, they're like, oh, I've done Reiki before. And, and every single person I've ever talked to that's done it was like, oh, it was amazing. It was so good. I, you know, I felt a lot of conflicting feelings and, you know, all of these things, but it felt calming, right? But then I'm like, okay, so when are you going back? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> or, <laughs> For me, maybe I just got lucky because I want to spend any amount of time I can with you ladies, but I don't think that's what it is. I think that I knew that I needed the healing. I know that I continue to need that. I know that that's, you know, a part of my journey, uh, but that also I want to be able to get not past those shadows, but have them be less frequent in my life. And in order to do that, just like when somebody's working through challenges with a therapist or healing in another way, it doesn't just happen in one session or even two, Um, So I wanted to share with the listeners that, you know, I have come into your shop physically done the physical connections with Reiki, but then we've also done some work over zoom, that have all collectively helped me to continue to raise my conscious awareness. So I know that a part of of our experiences together is leading you to like a new phase of your service. So do you want to ladies talk about the soul coaching that you're offering and just share a little bit about what clients get through that process? And also very, I want to say very transparently, I am engaged in your soul coaching and it is phenomenal. (laughs) So Chris, do you want to kick off?
1: Sure. So yeah, as we have morphed and grown and done more of our own healing, we have discovered that there are some patterns that we have done and kind of took notes along the way of how we have healed ourselves. And we again, this is a journey until the day you are no longer in this body suit, right? This is a journey forever for a lifetime. So I unless you are like a Tibetan monk. <laughs> not sure you have ever just arrived I'm not sure they would probably say that they wouldn't they haven't either so we noticed that a lot of the readings that we were doing we were ending up actually coaching because we are we were instructional we were both literacy coaches um, in the educational world so we just that we automatically go into that mode we automatically go into questioning and it was just a super easy transition for when we were doing Reiki to start the questioning and, and help people through that. So yeah, we start with a baseline intake form and work with you on, you know, people have to be ready for this. It, it's because it's a lot of work on the client side, but it really is. We wanted to transform lives. That w- that's the first thing that we said when we got together, when we were building a business. We, th- we're going into this because we want to transform lives we went into education because we wanted to transform lives so the soul coaching just it just the more that we learned and the more that we grew um this just seemed to be like a the next step for us so here we are um and thank you for you know jumping in and doing the work and and piloting this with
2: us we really appreciate that yeah like you said it, it can't be a one once or twice thing and and you're done. Now, people will find that they connect better with certain people. Um, So if if somebody out there tries Reiki or, um, you know, with someone and they don't get anything from it or it doesn't feel right to them, you know, don't give up. Try someone else because there are different ways of practicing. You know, some people like to work very, you know, in silence and some people like to talk through it. Some will, you know, be very loud about it and, and others, you know, take a soft approach. Um, and so you got to find what fits for you. Uh, but then once you find the right fit, you want to, like you said, Sarah, it's like a form of therapy that you have to continue working on. And so the soul coaching is really to get that transformation piece. It's not just, Reiki isn't just a medicine, you know, a one dose medicine. Um, it's it's more like a physical therapy of the soul. And, and so you need ongoing practice and someone to help guide that. Um, and that's, you know, what we're looking to do. I love that physical therapy of the soul. And I have to
0: chuckle because I think uh, I thought I was done with all that by the time I met you too, right? Like I just, you know, had been doing so much work on my own so much work and one of the massive things that you two have done for me in this healing space is really i think i did the work healing myself professionally um you know the front facing version of me absolutely is like fine. You know, and even as I said that my heart is pounding, like, "Ah, I'm sure there's some things I can work on there. I'm not arrived, but that was really the massive amount of work that I had done. And, you know, some personal, obviously things too, if I could give the listeners a gem of a story, one that really speaks to me, I am pretty sure this was the first face-to-face session that we had. Um, I didn't even realize how much pain I was in, um, in the space of my motherhood story. And I could get a little choked up because that one we're still working on. <laughs> In fact, um, just a month ago, I reached out to these ladies and said, I need a, I need an emergency session because this is really draining me. And so one of the the gifts that came to me, you know, Stacy mentioned Moses, um, coming to you and giving you the staff and Chris's snake. Well, um, In my healing session, Mother Mary came to me and as you had all stated, I was, because one of the spaces that I think we need to unpack a little bit is this idea of chakras and energy and where it might get blocked. And I was getting blocked. And so I was given a lotus flower to spend on my Heart, or it's actually on my solar plexus. But to be able to remember, and I have—if listeners could see me now—I have this lotus ring that I spin on my finger because it reminds me that I am a good mom and I am doing my best. And um, I'm reminded that I will feel that light a- enter me when I'm saying the things I need to be saying or doing the things that I need to be doing for the highest good of that space of my life. And it—I think it's just going to continue to be a massive challenge for me, but. I know that I'm in a much better spot than the very first time that we were working on healing. And I know that there's more good to come from this work. And so I figured just to be a little vulnerable for the listeners that they might, you know, tune into one piece. It's interesting too, because just from a personal experience from Reiki, I actually, one of the pieces in me that absolutely could be healed is, um, you know, showing my emotions and I, Don't ever cry. (laughs) It's a it's a block for me. But I, I know a lot of reasons why it's there. But every time I come out of there, I'm just I've been a bawling mess. But it's like silent tears, you know, just because it's such a relief for me. And I just wanted to share that because I know that everybody will have a different experience. But uh every time I come out of there, it's it's heavy, it's it's a lot of work, it's a lot of energy and all the things. But there's also this release that I can't, I've I've not been able to find elsewhere um in a healing space. So um, if it helps at all for listeners to hear those little snippets, uh, then I hopefully I've done my part in sharing. Um, I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about the soul coaching in terms of, I love that you said you want to transform lives because in fact as you could keep these gifts to yourself. You don't need to put yourself through the stress of forming a business and, you know, getting yourselves out there, and, you know, doing all that stuff. So I guess my question is, what would you like to see with this soul coaching um, event? Like what would be your great vision for that?
1: So when we talk about raising the consciousness of the whole world, that's really what we're talking about. It's like living a conscious life. And, you know, we've had so many um, sayings about, uh, you know, the past is in the past, the future we don't know. But today is the present and it's a gift and we have to live for that. And that's that's really what we're talking about. It's like every moment, you know, we, we're so busy. We are just so busy in our heads that we are always focused on the next thing and the next thing. And we miss all of the beautiful things that are right in front of us. And so for us to be conscious of that, and when we say that we're raising the consciousness of the universe or the consciousness of the world, it really is everybody working on their own stuff because we all have stuff. And, you know, you were talking about, you were talking about the counseling piece. What's interesting is I am in counseling as well, because again, back to the back, the other show, there was a very traumatic event, but my counselor said that in a place that she worked in Arizona, they actually did Reiki in the counseling center And she wanted to do a study of whether it made a difference if if the person had Reiki before the counseling or after. I'm guessing it didn't matter, but it's just healing the whole world. We can heal the whole world, just one person at a time and transform that, you know, that person, because then the way that you interact with other people changes, right? When you start to be conscious and start to heal yourself, the way that you interact with others
2: absolutely changes that's how we get peace in the world. I think. I agree. I mean, I don't think that we're looking when we say consciousness, it is, it's not as you referred to before, it's like, oh, you walk around Zen all the time. But when things come you know, out of left field, and smack you upside the head, sometimes, it's that you're conscious enough to recognize, like, why am I having that reaction? And then how do I handle it? And being able to do it, quicker each time until maybe you get to the point where you recognize like, oh, that's something that really would have thrown me for a loop. And it didn't, like I've now moved beyond that. And so the the consciousness piece, as Chris said, like the soul coaching that we, our dream is just to be able to help as many people as we can realize their best life and move forward and maybe help, you know, like ripple out and help the next person. And so we just start with one person at a time and we'll see, see how far we get. I was based on Chris's response. I'm like world domination.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's, it's really beautiful. So thank you. And, and, you know, ladies, just to say this and for the audience too, a couple of things, I am, I therapy is important. Um, And I think that they are two separate things. You know, I kind of gave the comparison just so people could understand the depth that you can go, but I will also say, and I, I don't think that I'm just so special, you know, I do think you two are so special, but I will say that you two have such incredible gifts that are so easy to, for me to see that I think you get deeper for me because than any therapist could, cause I would hide it all. And I can't hide anything with you two. There's, no, there's nothing hidden <laughs> in this process for us. That's so. true. When people come <laughs> to us, you,
2: you have to be willing to ex- be exposed. <laughs> because you can't hide things from us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we should put a warning label on that Um, audience members though. I do. I mean, I can't without reservation recommend these ladies, but that is a warning label because there is, there's a transparency there that you really, you don't control when you're at the soul level. And I love that. I personally love that. It helps me to get better because then I don't have to hide. I don't have to numb. I don't have to escape.
1: Yeah, we have a funny story. We go to expos where we don't get to get as deep, but we still get a little bit of soul coaching in. And there's also um, a friend of ours who who is a vendor um, and sells product. and her husband helps her all the time. And um, she will come in and get a reading from us, but he's never coming to our table because he always notices that people cry when they walk away from us. (laughs) He does not want to come and visit us because he's not going to cry but it is a release you know that's that's the release of what you've kept buried for so long so it's healthy but yes we we usually make people cry in
2: in a good way maybe well i think a big piece of it and what is healing is people feel seen like the parts of them that they've been hiding or fearful of allowing others to see we see it without them having to expose it and that's cathartic. And just to to know that someone sees the goodness in them, sees the hurt um, that they've gone through. I think that's largely where the tears come from. It's like a big release of, of being seen.
0: There is a huge piece of that, but it's also energy, right? And so I want to be able to share just a little bit about that and mention, you know, I brought my oldest daughter to an expo. You ladies were there and it was lovely because you just did, obviously, you know, this, but I'm saying it as if you don't, so the listeners can hear it, that you did just a mini reading, which really at the end of the day was more explaining it to to my child. And when we left there, she said that she felt the most calm that she's felt in years. Uh, And so for her, it wasn't, you know, tears. It was just that energy exchange. So if we could really quickly talk to the audience about a little bit about energy and chakras, what And just like the, I don't know, the 30, I don't know, 30 second version,
2: but you know, the quick version. So you have seven chakras and three are considered your foundation. And they start at the base of your tailbone. That is your root chakra. And then you have your sacral and that's represented by red. Um, Your sacral chakra is like in your pelvis area. That's represented with orange. Uh, Your solar plexus is basically like your stomach area. Oftentimes, like you'll you'll say like a gut instinct is where you feel that is your solar plexus, and that's represented by yellow. Then you move up to your heart, which is green, and your throat chakra, which is blue. And then you have your third eye, which is indigo, and your third eye is how you connect with spirit um, and can kind of see beyond the veil, as they say. And then your crown is right above the top of your head. And that's violet colored. And that uh, streams in the divine light. I don't know if I did that in 30 seconds, but I tried.
0: I didn't want to put the pressure on you by saying like a 30 second, I meant like a 30 second commercial. Fantastic. And you know, these colors are connected. If this is the first time you're hearing about Reiki or chakras, the colors have meaning. Uh, I know that some people when they're doing Reiki healing will speak to the chakras of course, but then not know anything or touch on stones. You know, there's just kind of like a really lovely depth to all of this that I'm still learning myself, but I know that, um, in my journey too, part of my healing has been, um, you know, healing that, that, uh, the throat and the um, solar plexus and all of those things so that my voice can, you know, come through and, uh, and of course, more than that, because <laughs> I wasn't, as they say, grounded. <laughs> and I'm definitely not today as we're talking, but just such a really cool space to dive into and learn a little bit more about, you know, if nothing else. So I'm realizing we're coming to the end here and I keep wanting to ask more and more questions. But is there, um, before I move into the two standard questions for the podcast, is there anything else that you ladies would want the audience to know or hear about this healing journey that you're so passionate about?
1: Just to follow up a little bit on what Stacey was talking about with the chakras, you know, she talked about the foundation, the root, um, sacral and solar plexus. And what's so interesting to us when we get into healing is that it seems like a lot of things that happened in childhood live there because it kind of rocks your foundation. And then that creates blocks up in heart and throat. That's, I mean, wouldn't you say, Stacey, that's usually what we see as a pattern. Um, If we see a block in a throat chakra, it usually is attached to something that happened earlier in life. And it goes back to that perceived trauma piece.
2: Yes, I would agree. We can usually see the shadow will likely live in one of those foundational chakras. And then it has an impact somewhere, somewhere else that we have to kind of unblock that. But that's part of our Reiki work is tuning into which chakra to work on first and where those blocks are, what's living in those chakras. And while there may be, you know, 10 different things that we see, it's trying to navigate what, you know, the client is ready for to tackle first. Um, and that's where we really partner with, who you know, whoever is on the table because, we want to make sure that they're comfortable and that they're ready to to handle each thing as it comes up so it's important that you find someone that you trust and will take their time in tackling in the in the correct order i guess and then and what you're ready to deal with yeah, and probably
1: my final thoughts about this uh, when, when you're talking about healers, um, healers need healers, right? We have our own healers that we go to. Um, Stace and I work on each other, and we also have other friends that we make sure that we are clearing our space and taking care of ourselves and working on our own healing journey. So I think that is a huge piece of the integrity that we bring when we're working with clients, because we are walking the walk.
0: Absolutely. So, you know what that feels like and you don't forget. Um, And I'm kind of chuckling when you talked about making the decision of where to start and the conversations that you've had over me at the table, like, uh, how how are we going to fix this hot mess? Where are we going to start? Just kidding. They've never once said that.
2: We've never said that.
0: (laughs) Never. Super respectful. And uh, much as my personality is, I'm like, go for it. Let's do this. Right. Dig in. So good. And honestly, uh, listeners, you just, I I hope if nothing else, this opens your heart and your mind to look at a little, you know, healing a little differently. If you've been, you know, you're somebody who's been trying all the things and you're not getting anywhere and you're stuck, maybe it's time to try a new avenue of healing. And I would highly recommend these ladies to help you in that journey. Um, I was trying to decide if I wanted to share this or not, but I think closing this up, I was kind of doing a little research, um, because when you talked about your attunements. And the tools that you had been given and the fact that you knew you were ready with a snake wrapping around the staff, of course, my brain went to its traditional upbringing in Christianity and was like, okay, there's a couple of significant elements with the, with Moses staff. And the one that I guess I hadn't heard, cause I knew about turning the staff into a serpent in front of Pharaoh biblically, but one that I hadn't known. And maybe you already know this, or maybe you don't. And um, I was looking it up on, in numbers 21, eight through nine. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a snake image and mount it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. So Moses made a bronze snake and mounted it on a pole. Whenever someone was bitten and he looked at the bronze snake, he recovered. And I thought that was so crazy because it's tied to healing and recovery. And here you ladies Um, are essentially anointed in that. And I guess one of the things that I wanted to mention is we get really stuck in our concepts and our constructs of religion. Um, And one of the things that I deeply appreciate about both of you is the expansive view that you have that is inclusive of it all. And I find that to be not only important for me mentioning that piece, but also for listeners that we don't, we don't have to be afraid (laughs) that we can expand our our definitions and our understanding too. Uh, it's a lot bigger than we would ever think. Had you heard that scripture before or
2: made that connection, Stacy? Chris, I I had not. No, mm-hmm. but thank you for for clarifying because we we do have are inclusive of mm-hmm. of all beliefs, um, and so thank you for pointing that out.
0: Well, I thought I'd mention it. Yes. Um. So okay. I, I need to hear these two standard questions from my very non-standard best friends here. We'll still we'll start with, I think Chris, cause we talked about that and then we'll go to Stacy and then start back again. So the question that I always ask is if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you
1: say? Um, I think this has changed from the last time, the last episode I would, I've been digging deep into the perceived trauma and the trauma around adoption. And so I think I would write a letter to my three year old self, and um, it would say something like, Don't pay attention to the programming, rise above the programming, and be confident in who you are. Because you know, at three, year old, three years old, um, that's the most purest piece of your soul ever. So, or before that as well, but it would be three years old. You got this, girl. Rise above and Don't pay attention to any of the programming
2: that's out there. Okay. I don't know that I picked an age. I think about this. There's so many different ages this has come in. And still to this day, I have to keep reminding myself, but just that you're doing a good job. Uh, You have to give in to your guides and follow their lead and things are going to be okay. So if I would have been able to really listen to my guides earlier in life, I think I would have stressed and worried a lot less
0: both really beautiful senses of wisdom. And Chris, I just unlocked a new element to your story that I didn't know, I think, um, from yours, which is very cool. And Stacey, darn it. Why do we have to keep relearning that lesson? Listen. (laughs) So good. How about this one? If listeners find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, how could you help them rise up out of it?
1: It would be focusing inward and figuring out Where the fear and doubt is coming from, because that is a perceived trauma that's a shadow somewhere, and so it would really be digging deep inside and figuring out exactly where that fear is coming from and healing it. Usually, fear and doubt come from the foundational chakras, and so it would be focusing in. Um, if I, you know, if it was someone that I that just came to me and, and wasn't looking to be a client, it would be find a root chakra meditation and fall asleep to it and let
2: your subconscious take over. I was thinking of this in a a little different frame, I guess, but just to remember that someone is always looking at you for guidance. Like even when you're in a pit um, and you have self-doubt, there is always someone around you that is watching you. And so if you can just show up and show love, no matter how you're feeling, not only are you blessing someone with that love, but someone's watching you and you're blessing them as well. Um, and the the witness to that um, is likely to repeat that. And so you can always give love, no matter how dark of a place that you are sitting in um, and someone's watching that and you, and you can bless the world with that.
0: Both very beautiful responses. I love it.
2: And and I love that
0: we pick up on that. That pit really is the shadow, right? Um, And it's interesting too, because I think that we're always kind of living toggling in and out of that. It's so easy to do that. So I appreciate that real authenticity and beauty from you both as always, no surprise. So listeners, I know that you're going to want to connect. We have a special code if you are interested that we'll follow um, through this podcast and Beyond that, if you are interested in trying out services, I cannot recommend these ladies enough. Um, If I could take up residency in their homes, I would, and just hang out with them all day long. That would (laughs) bring me the greatest amount of joy possible. Uh, So definitely connect. And what is the best way for listeners to get in touch with you after this episode?
2: Uh, They can always email us. We do have a website, EnchantedReadingSpecialist.com, that will show them any like expos that we're going to uh, services that they can book. Uh, Right now we are um, between spaces physically. So um, we are setting up in in different locations, Um, but setting up a time, if something doesn't work online uh, email works best and that's enchanted reading specialists um, at gmail.com.
0: Wonderful. And listeners, you know, and have faith that we will link every last thing in the show notes so that you can easily get in touch with these ladies. Um, I want to thank you both for moving into your power and your strengths and your gifts and serving so beautifully with them and for showing up on the podcast today for my listeners to be able to benefit from your message today. Thank you
1: for your gift, Sarah. Yes. Thank you for sharing your voice. I'm glad you're speaking your truth, girl. Good job.
0: Thanks for healing me so I can keep doing it. All right.